The message today is a life-changing, direction-changing message. If you get it, and you, many of you in this room have already gotten it, this will be a review for you. This will be an encouragement. Um, I find those who are born again and they have their hand to the plow of God or have had their hand to the plow for many years want to hear it again. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. They want to hear it again. Sing it over again to me. How many times have I heard Amazing Grace? I still light up a little bit when people say we're going to sing Amazing Grace. How many times have I heard Victory in Jesus? But every time... They say, well, just turn in, uh, which we don't do now, turn your book to uh, Victory and Jesus. I just have my eyes light up some. My spirit lifts up some at those songs that have meant so much to me. The things of God really do not get old. Everything in life gets old. You can boat till you don't want to boat anymore. You can catch fish till you don't want to catch another fish. You can golf till you hate the sight of a golf ball. I know you may have a hard time believing that. Take it from an old guy, it's true. But God does not get old. He's renewed every morning. It's a sweet, sweeter, I'm going to sing again, sweeter as the days go by. That's where our songs come from. And so it's beautiful to walk with him. I'm not going to tell you something new to you this morning, but I'm going to tell you something that's so vital, so vital. As a preacher for, I'm coming on, I was ordained in 76, so you can add it up. Um, been a while. I have seen people fail in the Christian experience. They've, the Bible says they failed in the grace of God. That doesn't mean they're lost and going to hell. That just simply means in the mission that God had for them, in the ministry that God had for them, they failed. It does not surprise me that in a war, you have casualties. It does not surprise me. It should not surprise you. Yeah, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers, against rulers of darkness in high places. It should not surprise you that there are people that used to be in the game that are not in the game anymore. They used to be in church, supporting a local church, reach the, what is the mission of a local church? It's to reach the lost for Jesus Christ. That's our mission. And then when they get saved, to build them up and edify them and grow them so that then they can reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And we reduce, we're like cells. We just keep reproducing ourselves and reproducing ourselves. That's our mission. That's why we live. That's why God has raised up the local church for almost over two, almost 2,000 years now. But the devil hates it. The flesh hates it. The world hates it. We have enemies. The devil's out to get you. I mean, he's out to get you individually. He knows you and knows of you. He has seen you and is paying attention to you. How's he going to do it? Well, some things we got going for us. We've been born from above. I'm not no. I'm I'm not outside of the kingdom of God by by the grace of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I am now a son, a child of the living God. I have a new position. 
I have the Holy Spirit. I have a new partner. I have one to walk alongside of me. One to, Bible according to John 14, 23, Jesus said he's never going to leave me. That's eternal security, by the way. Uh, you have the Word of God forever settled in heaven, the Bible says, to go by, to put your hand on, to put your mind on, to rely on, to put your weight on. Don't you ever let anybody... Does it surprise you that the Bible is attacked in every direction? No, it doesn't surprise me. Does it surprise you that there's been every kind of version or perversion put out there that tries to read and misread the Word of God in every other way so that you really don't know what the words of God are? Doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me the old King James Bible has been challenged in every way you can challenge it. Doesn't surprise me. You have the brethren to encourage you and to watch out for you. I got Brother Tom Gillespie looking out for me. Jama looking out for me. I got Brother Tom looking out for me. Peaches, she's looking out for me. I got Brother Irvine looking out for me. I got Jada looking out for me. You got trouble. You got her looking out for you. <laughs> I got Nick looking out for me. I got Bill looking out for me. I've got Greta looking out for me. Oh, yeah. I got Mike looking out for me. I hope you're looking out for me. I'm looking out for you. And so... Let me give you a few other things we got going for us. We got God looking out for us. How do I know it? Romans 8.31 says, what should we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? The devil wants to get you, but you've got all these things going for you, and you've got God for you. Jesus Christ is on the right hand of the throne in heaven making intercession for us, the Bible says. We've got that going for us. Romans 8.34, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. The seventh thing, and I'll give you the number so it'll help you out, the Holy Spirit is making intercession for you. We have him for us. 8.27 says of Romans, He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I got that going for me. I've been sealed, the Bible says, under the day of redemption, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. The ninth thing, I have the angels of God camping round about me to help me and to minister for me. I got that going for me. Now, this isn't pie in the sky. This is right out of the book. Hebrews 1.14 says, speaking of angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation? Psalm 34.7 says, the angel of the Lord campeth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. That's me. That's you. We got that going for us. I got to stop here because this could be the whole message, just what we got going for us, and that's not what I want to talk about. So how's the devil going to do it? How's he going to get us? Here's the crazy part. He's going to get you to do it. I got all these things going for me as a child of God, How's the devil going to get me? He's going to get you to get you. That's what he's going to do. We know that book. We know that from the book of Job. He seeks permission to even touch Job or to even touch what Job owned, what Job had, had power on. He couldn't touch Job without permission. He went to God and got permission to get. And I don't see there's no reason anywhere in the Bible that that has changed. He seeks permission to try me or you, try our faith. Oh, Nick, he 
says he believes God, will you let me have this or that and he'll curse you to your face. That's the kind of things he does. So he seeks permission to try us in the fire of affliction and infirmities and testings and temptations. You and I have all we need to succeed no matter what he comes up with, no matter what his attacks are, everything to the place we are even to rejoice when these testings that he gets permission to do, when we get them, we're supposed to rejoice. That's crazy, huh? But it's true. Why? Because these testings and these trials of our faith will strengthen us as we trust in God and as we rely upon God and don't quit. Don't get out of the game. Where do I get that? James chapter 1, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. That's various temptations. Knowing this, it's the trying of your faith work of patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting or lacking nothing. Another place, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 9 through 10. He says to Paul, or he said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in, if I may say it this way, your weakness. Most gladly, therefore, Paul says, I would rather glory in my infirmities. Why? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, and this is, this is the wildest statement in the whole New Testament, seems like to me. He said, Paul says, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. When's the last time you gave God thanks for a, something horrible came in your life, at least according to this world? When's the last time you gave thanks when the doctor told you you have cancer? Thank you, Jesus. When's the last time you gave thanks when a Black Tuesday came along and you lost half your 401k? Thank you, Jesus. For when I'm weak, now I'm actually going to have to rely on you. Because I'm my money's all spent, and I can't pay my rent because I'm busted. It's not all bad being busted. Case in point here, I want to talk about the Apostle Paul for a minute, a passage we've well worn, no doubt, but I have another reason for doing it. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22-29, kind of a you know, seven verses there, hang with me. I'm preparing the table, but I haven't served up the food yet. He says, are you Hebrews? So am I. Paul says this. Are you, are you Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Who is he talking to? People have said, Paul was not a real apostle. He's a fake apostle. He's a self-pronounced apostle. He's not fit to be apostle. And they went at him every other way, every way they could. The devil was after him, just like he's after you. He was after Paul. And here's the way he went after Paul, this next few verses. He says, are they, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more. In labors more abundant, stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Whew. Verse 24, of a, of a Jew, of the Jews, 
Five times received I 40 stripes, save one. My dad, who spanked me, and I mean, I don't think he ever spanked me more than 10 times. You know, it's 10 swats. I wasn't counting. But it wasn't 39. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck a night and a day. I'm spent in the deep. And then look at and note some, note some words here. In journeyings, often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the city, in perils among false brethren. You think he was in perils? Look at that word, perils. Perils, 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 perils. Perils like something you'd never want to call. You don't even want one peril. And then he goes on in verse 27, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without. In other words, he's saying, those things are, those things are coming on me from, from outside. He says, I got some internal things going on to me daily, the care of all the churches. So he says, who's weak? And I'm not weak. Who's offended? And I burn out, or I'm not offended. Come on. Nobody's going to be able to say, in this church, I've been persecuted, prosecuted, attacked more than this guy right here. But I want you to know he never quit. He never got out of the game. He didn't say, the title of the message is, how many beatings are you away from quitting? Get this and get it good, it'll help you. How many beatings are you away from quitting? He was offended in perils and weariness and pain and sleepless, so much more. Who in this room has had trouble like the Apostle Paul? I'd say nobody. Yet so many Christians through the years have come to me and quit the ministry of the local church which is God's tool for reaching the world. You can say all you want to say that you don't need the local church, but you're not talking Bible. The local church, the local Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, mission-supporting, evangelizing thing called the local church, which is spoken of in the Bible, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, put in those three books, who, with the qualifications of our leadership, the qualifications of the deacons, you don't, you cannot replace that with just you. You can't do it. It will not be acceptable, the Lord Jesus Christ, that when you see him at the judgment seat of Christ, that you say, uh, I wasn't part of your local church and I wasn't part of the game, if I want to call it that, the game, you know, what we're doing here what local churches are doing. I wasn't part of the game because somebody didn't greet me or somebody didn't call me when I was sick or somebody didn't visit me when I was missing or somebody didn't uh, treat me this way or treat me that way. Think how puny that excuse is going to be before God. Especially if Paul's standing over there. He's going to go, hello? You only took one beating and quit? You only took one whipping? And quit? 
Why, where would the New Testament church be if I had quit after one beating? The slightest resistance, and I've seen people fall away from Christ's local church. The first real resistance that stopped their service for God entirely. They get out of the game, they check out. They say, well, I'm saved, I'm born again, that's all that counts. No, that's not all that counts. You're making up fake news again. Fake news is everywhere. And I'm going to tell you, the church has been suffering under fake news for a long time. People just making stuff, making God say this and making God say that. He didn't say that. That's not who he is. That's not what he said. How many beatings are you away from quitting? Are you just one shipwreck away from quitting or two? How about three? Are you one night floating in the ocean? Oh, I've been in the ocean at night. I can tell you, if you want to have the fear monger come on you, be out there when it's pitch black in the ocean floating around and something bumps you. Are you one peril or two from quitting? Are you one weariness or two from quitting? Are you one threat? or two from quitting? Are you one loss, or two from quitting? Are you one public humiliation, or two? Public humiliation. Are you one attack on your person, or just two from quitting? Are you one resistance verbally, or are you two resistance verbally from quitting? How many? How much? How long would it take you to get, how much would it take the devil to get you to quit? Ask yourself this now. How many times would I have to get offended before I quit? How many times would I have to suffer persecution spiritually to quit? How many times would I have to have be mistreated to quit? The devil cannot cause you to fail. He has not the power to cause you to fail. He can get permission only to test you and me. But you're the one, and I'm the one, that decides whether we're going to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, and that the cause that we represent is worth dying for, which is the ultimate, right? It's worth suffering, it's worth loss, it's worth painfulness, it's worth weariness. The cause of Jesus Christ is worth whatever we got to go through, it's worth it. So we are not going to quit. We're not going to quit. When the devil comes by your house, and he will, you say, well, I'm not important enough. Oh, yes, you are. You're a child of the living God. You're a member of the local church. He, wants to, he don't want this many people here today. He wants, he wants a third of this or less. And the reason that we're not shoulder to shoulder this morning is not just because of COVID virus. It's because he's been successful. He's been very successful. When I was 18 years old, I got right with God. 2003, Cassopolis Street, Elkhart, Indiana, at about 8 or 9, 9 o'clock, maybe 10 o'clock at night. 
I gave my, I'm an 18-year-old without anything to offer. God came by my house and he asked me to give whatever I had, whatever was in my hand, to give him. And I, I said, yes, I'll give you whatever I got, which wasn't much. And so I had, I, I, I don't know whether, you know, the Holy Spirit kind of whispered in my ear on this. Uh, you're going to get some resistance now. See, if you're not living for God, you got very little resistance because the devil don't have to worry about you. He's got, you're on his side, not there. And so as soon as you go on the other side, as soon as you join up with God's team, now you become his arch enemy. And now you get his attention. The demons locally say, hey, 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 Vito, Vito has decided to live for God. Now, Vito wasn't always living for God. When he was out there, it was okay. But now, and, and that demon that was assigned to Vito failed in some, some, so he gets whipped or something, and two seven worse than him are assigned to Vito. Now, you take him down. You take him down. You get him out of there. He's starting to witness. He's starting to tell boys and girls about Jesus. He's riding the bus. Let's stop that whole thing. So the test begins to come. Vito does something very, if I don't mind using you, Vito. He does something for God, and not one person recognizes it. Mike don't say nothing. Don Schmidt don't say nothing. Bob, Bob Miller, he don't say nothing. Mom and Dad don't even say nothing. They don't even say, hey, that's good. They don't say nothing. Not why well, the preacher don't say nothing. You know, for sure the preacher don't say nothing. And the assistant pastor, they can't even find him. And the youth director, he's, he's busy. Man, I can't believe I, I did that. For God, nobody said a word to me. Not one word of a thank. Hey, you think they'd at least say thank you. Remember them seven demons? They're going back. Yeah, that's it, that's it. Because remember, they can't get Vito to quit. They can't make him quit. They can't take him out. They got to get him to take him out. They're working to get you to take yourself out of the game. That's what this is all about. That's what's going on right now, today. That's what's happening in every church. Every born again believer in the world is identified by the darkness. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. They got your name. They got little Brinny's name. Oh, they really got your name. Oh, yeah. The reason they got your name more than my name, they've been discouraged by me. But they have your name because you're young and you have potential and, and they don't know you well enough. They think maybe they can get Brinny to get out of the game because she's young and dumb. <laughs> that, that woke you up, didn't it? That got your attention. <laughs> she's young and naive. Would that be better? The preacher called me dumb publicly. I'm out of here. That's the kind of thing. Jesus has saved me and, and redeemed my life from destruction, the psalm says. He's crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercy. He satisfied my mouth with good things. 
so that my strength is renewed as the evil. He's forgiven all of my iniquities. He's healed all of my diseases, or I wouldn't be here. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is with me, bless His holy name. I'm not going to serve God conditionally. I'm not going to be in the game conditionally. I want to be in this unconditionally. Here is how you're going to survive all the way to being old like Tom Cronin. Or like Bill, which is 90 years old. Or like, woo, and people way back in that room back there, 98-year-old people. How are they still coming to church? Most people with the pains and the aches they got and the infirmities they have, they would be in there. They wouldn't even think about going to church. You get a little backache, little hip ache, little foot ache. I think I'm going to skip out today. Yeah. I eternally owe God. I'm a debtor, the Bible says. No amount of resistance was going to stop me by His grace. That's some decisions I've had to make, some stakes I needed. You need to, if you haven't driven them down, you got to drive them down. Because if you don't drive these down, the devil will never let up on you. The Bible says, submit yourself to God. That's driving a stake down. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. I don't know about you, but I don't want him on my back all the time. I don't want him to think he can succeed with me. But if I give him a little light, a little hope, there's, I can preach a sermon, don't give the devil hope. Don't let him have hope that he can whoop you. If, if you, my dad used to, my dad was a boxer, and he says the greatest defense is a great offense. He said when you got your fist in that guy's face, he's not thinking of what to do. He's not thinking how he's going to hit you. He's saying a great defense is a good offense. He knew what he was talking about. And if you got the devil on defense, he's not going to be so much involved in the offense part. If you give him room, you get you, you he shows that you're vulnerable, then he'll be all over you. And he won't quit until you do what the Bible says in James 4 7. Resist, you know, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and flee from you. So when I was 18 years old. I didn't know much about it. I didn't know much about the Bible. But I've been in church for many years, by the way. Since I was two years old, I went Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I knew I owed him. And I knew I'd seen people get offended, leave for all kinds of crazy reasons. Preachers leave for all kinds of stuff happen. Deacons get in trouble, leave. I decided that if I was going to succeed, I had to just make a decision that the devil would have to shoot me to stop me. Now, that's, that's crude, but it's, my, it's who I am. I'm crude, rude, and totally unacceptable. But I don't know how to talk and speak any other way. The devil has got to shoot me, kill me, to stop me. Now, here's the beauty of that. He's got to get permission for that. And if the devil can't stop you but by killing you, he can't kill you because God's not going to let him kill you. Did Job get killed? He got everything but killed. But Job didn't get killed, did he? Why? The devil did not have permission to kill Job. He said, do not take his life. 
You can take everything he owns. You can take his kids. You can take his, leave his wife, by the way. But you can take, you can take all that other stuff. But, but, but don't, you cannot touch his life. So when you go to God and you say, Lord Jesus, help me. Give me grace to do this. Because you don't do this in your own power. You only do this under the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord God, help me to have resistance to every, every temptation, every trial, every resistance, every weariness, every peril, everything that came on Paul, whatever happens, whatever you give permission for, help me not to give into it and only to give in if, you, if the devil shoots me and he's given permission to kill me. And there will be a day. There will be a day. Everybody has to die. And I'll be out of the game. I'm out of the game when I die. But I want it to be that way. Amen? I don't want to have some small little thing happen. It has, been, it has not been easy, by the way, through these years. Much, much resistance has come against me from my own brothers in Christ. Then I got resistance from within. May I make a few statements, and may they be your statements if you're married. If my wife, Kathy Moore, by name, decided not to live for Jesus and ran off with a 20-something, I would not quit the house of God or the things of God. If my son, Troy, signed up to be a Jehovah Witness, or joined a Catholic church and wanted to be a priest or whatever, I would not quit the house of God or the Son of God who gave himself for me. If my preacher decided not to live for Jesus, and this is when I was 18, I said I was not going to quit. If the deacons that I knew decided not to live for Jesus and went out and became used car salesmen, real estate people, I would not quit the house of God or the things of God. Now, I'm not egotistically saying any of those things because, trust me, I have no power in and of myself. The only power you have and I have is the power that God gives us. The only power Job had was he was just humble, a servant of God, wanted to do the will of God, that's all. But he had enough power to resist all of those disappointments, his, his kids, his 10 kids all died. Well, I know. God, I can't believe you took my children. I'm not going to, I'm going to hate you. I'm not, not going to serve you the rest of my life. Would be a reaction of many people. God, you took my fortune. I was a faithful tither. I was generous. I can't believe you took my fortune from me. I'm not going to serve you. I'm going to hate you for the rest of my life. That's the way some people would react. God, you put me in pain daily. I'm not going to serve you. Or will you, take the, or will you take the route? There's nothing and no one outside of me that can take me out of here except God. And the devil, you're going to have to shoot me to stop me. You say it with fear and trembling, by the way, because there's a lot of pain between here and there.
I, I don't imagine, and I personally, I have to quit, but I don't, I can't even imagine getting tied to a, to a log, my clothes ripped off my back, and somebody taking what the Romans used, what the Romans used was a nine-tail cat, a, a cat of nine tails with little pieces of metal and glass in the ends of those things. I cannot even imagine getting 39 hits with that. Years ago, I got on, I got on uh, YouTube, and I typed in, uh, I want to see somebody rotted. Well, in rod, beaten with rods. So the, it went to Taiwan, I think it is, where they, Taiwan or Singapore, maybe, I'm not sure. They still punish thieves and stuff by rotting. In other words, they tie them down, bare their rear end, and they have a rod, and it's about that big around, a bamboo, I believe it was. And that guy hits him. The first time he hit him, the well went right across his buttocks. And I was, what? Second time he hit him was next to it. Third time, next to it. Pretty soon, then, I knew the fourth time would be on top of the old one. By the time he got to the tenth hit, I turned it off because I, I, am, I am impressionable and sensitive. And I knew that if I watched that whole thing, I would never, ever, ever be able to get that out of my mind. That thing would come up and haunt me. But by the 10th hit, it was just a mass of blood and flesh. And he was supposed to get a lot more than that. I can't imagine getting beat three times with rods like that. Now, folks, why is that in the Bible? Why is that in the Bible? It's in the Bible to keep you and I in the game. Because there's probably, and I'm going to say this fairly safely, nobody in this room is going to go through anything close to that. It shows you that nobody can stop you unless you stop you. The devil, through all he had at Paul, through everything he had, he knew Paul was special. He knew that Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus. He knew that Paul, he knew that Jesus told him, I'm going to show you what great things you're going to suffer for my name's sake, and that you're going to take the, they're going to take the word of God to the very emperor of Rome and give the gospel to the emperor of Rome. He knew how he knew the he knew the hurt that was going to cause to the power of darkness, and he threw everything he could get permission on from God at Paul. But Paul had a simple decision he made. You're going to have to shoot me. To stop me. You're gonna, God, you're going to have to kill me to stop me. And you know what happened? He ended well. You know how you're going to end? You're going to end well. If you don't let anything stop you. I'm not going to let COVID stop me. The worst thing can happen with COVID is I get to go to heaven. Christian. Now, if I was a heathen... I'd be masked up. I'd have, a, I'd, have a, I'd have a scuba tank thing on, man. I'd be running around with a scuba tank, breathing, breathing bottled air because I don't want to bring, because I'm going to hell. This is our opportunity to shine. This resistance that has happened is going to weed us out. And much more, maybe down the road. This next election, if God in, in his mercy does not 
save us and allows the other party to get in, imagine what they want to do to us. Imagine how they want to close us down. Imagine how they want to stop the bus route. Imagine how they want to stop us for hate crimes. Uh, the first word we speak against homosexuality, which is now a civil right. Imagine, I am believing more and more that I'm living in the middle of Sodom and Gomorrah. This is looking more and more like Sodom to me every day. And I say, Lord Jesus, man, when times get tough, I don't want to get, I don't want to get scared, get weak. I want to be strong. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And they are wild. You can do it. Do not go around and say, I can't do it, preacher. You can do it. The only way you won't do it is if you say you won't do it. But if you say, by the grace of God, I will, God will get up behind you because of God before you who can be against you, and he'll give you the power of the Holy Spirit. And these other things I read down through there, he's interceding on the right hand of the Father. The Holy Ghost is praying for us. Uh, we, have, we have everything going for us to succeed, and you will win. You will succeed. You will come out the other end like Paul did. And we're still talking about that old boy at 2,000 years down the road almost. And there's been a whole, can I say it, Hebrews chapter 10, there's been a great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us that have suffered. And you know Hebrews chapter 11, how it, Hebrews chapter 11, by the way, how it talks about how they were sawn asunder and they dwelled in caves and they had nakedness. And, and, and they, the Bible says, whom the world was not worthy. That's our brothers. That's people that have gone before us. The price prices they were willing to pay for the kingdom of God. Stay in the game. Don't you let a thing take you out of it. I'm not going to let a, a wayward deacon, two deacons, three deacons. If all the deacons went bad, I'm not letting them take it out. If all the preachers went bad, I'm not letting them take me out. If all of the people of God got mean as a rattlesnake, I'm not letting them take me out. If nobody ever thanked me for anything, I'm not going to let them take me out. If nobody ever liked me, I'm not going to sing, nobody loves me. I'm not going to sing the song I just forgot. <laughs> I do you know the song? Yeah, you know it, don't you? I think I'll just eat worms. I know that's the last line. Nobody loves me, everybody hates me. I think I'll just eat worms. That's it. I'm not going to go around poochy lip. Poor Billy. Poor Billy. Didn't get a fair shake. I can't believe the deacons fire me. May, may you stand for God, having done all this stand. Father in heaven, help us. Give us wisdom from heaven. How many beatings, how many beatings are you away from quitting? Don't you let anybody stop you. Don't you let any testing stop you. Don't you let any resistance stop you. How many beatings are your way? May God help you all the way home to stand and be honored in that day when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You may be here without Jesus, your personal Savior, and you don't know him. You've never really trusted him as your Savior. You don't have an assurance of salvation. You, 
you know of Jesus, you know about Jesus, you may have made a decision as a kid, but you really, to be honest with you, if you died at this moment, you don't have 100% security, 100% assurance that you know whom to know is life everlasting. We're here for you to help you know that. The Bible says you can know it. These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and you may believe in the name of the Son of God. You can know it. We'll show it to you. We'll be glad to pray with you. Keep it confident. If you're a lady and come, we'll go. If you come in invitation time, we'll help you. Invitation is not over. When the music stops, we'll help you after the service is over. We, we hang around for a while. Father, may your Holy Spirit take this and do a mighty and great work which you know not. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.